Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I tell you I'll be fine. You know, honestly, this if if we had our way, this wouldn't even be a podcast. We'd just sing the whole time. I still want you by my that wasn't side. an invitation. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Fives Crowd, everybody. Hey. <laughs> this is a podcast, mind you, not uh, you know, a terrible Utah talent. Segment. I'm on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. Speaking of that, we are the five silly men from Fives of Crowd. We got Zach, Tony, Austin, Chris, and myself. How do you do? Hola. Doody how. <laughs> Broadcasting at you from good old Utah. Yeah. Utah. Utah. You betcha. Who knows With the Utah mountains song? mountains and valleys, you Utah. Do. What? No, I don't know the song. I just know it exists. I didn't you even know it existed. We love the. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, I think that's it. I don't know. That I only part. Part. Can we auto tune that later? <laughs> I think <laughs> doesn't every single state and country oh, song sure. go something about we love thee? Probably. Probably every single. It, Ireland, we love thee. <laughs> Some yes. stupid. That sounds like a Garth Brooks song. Yeah. Oh, Ireland, I'm coming home. Probably. It is a song. But right? today we are actually going to talk about something that is really, really close to home. In fact, just a just a stone's throw away. These events took place primarily in Salt Lake City, the good old capital of Utah, the yeah. state in which we live. I thought this topic would be super fun because we have something that majority of other podcasts don't, even if they try to cover this topic. And that is that four of the five around this table all have backgrounds in Mormonism or in LDS. The Mormons. The Mormons. That is the Mormons. The yes, that's the correct answer. Yes. Uh, the four of us, excluding Austin. Yeah. Are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Austin, would you like to be? You could. Nah, I'm good. We can make it happen. <laughs> we heard the good news. I'm good, bro. <laughs> I've grown up around it my whole life. I'm good. <laughs> Would you like to hear a message about Jesus Christ? I have many times. <laughs> <laughs> He's my bud. Oh, but no, yeah. So this definitely hits home because what we're about to talk to you about is, and you may have seen it on Netflix. But the murder among the Mormons. Mormons. And we mm. hope that you're going to gain a little bit more insight, you know, from people who are actually part of that religion, part of that state, uh, whose parents were around during that time. Because it yes. happened a little bit before we were born. Yeah. Two years yes. before we were born. But, but basically One the story starts 
Oh, aren't you special? I guess actually no, we'll I'm give old. you a, Are you special? Yeah, I mean he's pretty special. <laughs> I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna <laughs> Cut it. Dude, <laughs> it's like that, well, who is that? Uh oh my gosh, I forgot the actor's name. He um Oh my gosh. Leo DiCaprio? No, he was in he, he, Tropic he, Thunder. No, oh. big dude, then he got skinny. He was in Get Him to the Greek. Oh, oh uh, uh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. You just reminded me of that gif of Jonah Hill when he's like at the award show and someone, they pan the camera to him and he's like, <laughs> he's like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, mm, too cool for that. Get that out of here. Mm. But uh, just to give you some background. So um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the Mormons basically founded the state of Utah. Yeah. So, you know, the religion fun started. Fact, they also ahead. found Las Vegas, too. They did. They did. Another fun fact, <laughs> my family actually founded most of Ogden. Which is spelled as yeah. You got a bunch of birches just running oh, around yeah. Have you ever Ogden? heard of Birch Creek? That's mm. for real? That's my yeah. family. Really? Birch yeah. Creek Mercantile. Yeah, dude. Birch Creek Mill, Birch Creek, all that really? was my family. Here's the sucky part of it, okay? You don't so, got any of that land. It was my great... <laughs> It was my great great grandfather, I believe. <laughs> I'm pouring a drink. It's, I, I'm not peeing into a bucket. I promise. He took the microphone into the bathroom. With him. But uh, it was my great great grandfather. Apparently, had a falling out with his family, and they were. The <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. So I'm loud. Loud. I'm so sorry. Perfect. Okay, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. That was great. Oh my gosh. Anyways, shake it. I got the <laughs> I got the pee chills listening to that. <laughs> right? Now we all have to go. He's got a bathtub. Holy it's cow! Like a trough. This is all over the place. <laughs> so, I swear we're gonna get to the point. Talk here. about yes. great, 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 great dad. My great great grandfather apparently had a falling out with my family. The like the family that founded that area. And he pieced out to freaking Arizona, and they cut him off. Hmm. So, so my my line nothing. of the family's got jacks, shiz, nothing. We have nothing. Jack squat. Jack squat. None of it. I know. Bunch that. of crap. That sucks. But yeah, we've been finding a lot of relatives and stuff. Nice. That are from that. Cool. Uh, apparently, we're also related to the people that sell the pine trees <laughs> around Christmas. Are they? Oh, seen the birch, they the birch tree, trees? like yeah. Christmas trees? Yeah. yeah, that's my family. Apparently. <laughs> So have you guys done like the whole ancestry.com oh, yeah. thing? Oh, yeah, and yeah genealogy can... is a huge part of uh, the LDS church. Yes. So uh -huh. so like my my dad's way into it, my mom's into it, all that stuff. So we've, I mean, we found out things like we're related to Daniel Boone. We're related to George McClellan, the guy that ran against Abraham Lincoln for presidency. I'm related to Walt Disney. No way. Mm -hmm. You want to know something that will blow your mind? Yeah. Jess is directly related to the uncle of Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> wow, that goes way back. Way back. Way, way back. Wow. All right. Wow. Dude. <laughs> That's <just> rude. <laughs> All I got to do, I got I got my in now. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know your uncle, kind of, vicariously. It's all who you know. I'm related. <laughs> Through adoption to Pocahontas, we learned that. Really? John Savage was adopted by Palatin, who was Pocahontas' father. Dude, genealogy is rad. Mm. My wife's related to Lewis and Clark. <laughs> what? Right? Wow. Two different lines, but they both, both Lewis and Clark. Wild. But so let me paint the picture for you. It's 1985 in good old Salt Lake, Utah. I mean, if you know anything about Utah, it's, it's a pretty chill place. Mm -hmm. 
It's it's pretty calm, pretty tame. Well, this year, the entire state was rocked by three bombings that all happened within days of each other. Um, and all of this was the culmination of basically some crazy things that happened around the church and stuff in Salt Lake. Insane things. Insane yeah. things. Like, like this, this was one of the craziest things I've ever heard of happening mm-hmm. in this state. And we even had a hurricane drop on top of our uh, basketball arena. A tornado. 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 It's all right. They're the same. We're in this together. <laughs> <laughs> They're both spinny wind nope. tunnels. One of those hurricanes from the sky. Boom. <laughs> just dropped right down on it. Utah's weird. But anyway, so we got this guy <clears throat> named Mark Hoffman. Now, Mark Hoffman is basically like an antique salesman. He's an antique searcher. Like, what would you call that? Antique like, dealer. Antique dealer. Yeah. Someone who's just looking for stuff. It just sets out to find Almost anything like a, and everything antique and mm-hmm. historian. Yeah. Historical. historical going like through all, like old bookshelves and stuff. Like almost like a treasure hunter in a sense. Kind but of. For, I like it. But for historical things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so at this time, the church was, was really excited about finding documents from early church history. Everyone was all about church history because as far like with the Mormons, the history starts in, in New York. That's where Joseph Smith had his vision of Jesus Christ and God. That's where he found um, the golden plates, which were eventually translated into the Book of Mormon. And there was a lot of persecution among the church. Like a lot of people just did not like it. They, they wanted it out of their cities, out of their states. So basically the Mormons were pushed out of New York mm-hmm. across the country to what became Utah. Mm-hmm. Now, so, that's crazy. Like, what pushed them so far east? That's oh, so they were crazy. like, well, like west. they even west. stopped Hardcore. in yeah. Kirtland and that's mm-hmm. all that New stuff. York. Yeah, and, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, but then they finally just kept coming this way, and then yeah. So it, it was all the persecution. They literally were constantly like mobs would attack them. Mobs would kill Mormons. Mobs would pull Joseph Smith out of his home, cover him in tar and feathers mm-hmm. constantly, and like you know, tons and tons of stuff was always going on. And, and they that, were just pushed away. And that's where, uh, what's his name uh, that we're doing this about? What's his name? Mark Hoffman. Mark Hoffman. Yeah, that's where Mark Hoffman comes in because the church is looking for historical documents and it's a huge thing. So he goes back to these old places of Kirtland, Ohio, and um, Palmyra, New, Palmyra York. New York, and you know Rochester, Nauvoo, Nauvoo mm-hmm. all that stuff. And he's looking for these documents because the church was pushed out so quickly that pretty much it was just leave your stuff and go. So mm-hmm. a lot Got of historical you. documents were just left behind yeah. to fend for themselves. And so that's what led him. And there was actually a lot of times where he actually had dealers out in New York and in those areas that he would deal with, bring stuff back to here, mm-hmm. and, you know, which, and ultimately there was one huge one that he was working on after we'll get to it. But after the one document he found, he was working on some other yep. ones with a guy from New York. Yeah. So well, and it was so funny too during this Netflix special. This entire conversation <laughs> all sounded like a giant drug deal. Oh yeah, it, it was like, right? oh yeah, sketchy. It, it was super sketchy it sounding. It sa- yeah, it sounds so it's weird. In- it's insane how these documents produce so much money too. Mm-hmm. That's like that's what was making it weird for me. It's like oh yeah, two million dollars for a paper. I'm like what. Back in 1985. Yeah, yeah. 1985. Two million dollars for a single document. Mm-hmm. So it, it was it was crazy. Like everyone was a buzz with this. They all wanted this, like these documents, these papers, everything. 
And well, this Mark Hoffman, he had been uh, a pretty like highly esteemed um, dealer with all this stuff. Like he, he had an eye for it. He would find things that nobody else could find and he would just come across them. And you know, he was, he was a big deal in this community. Well, that's when fast forward a little bit. That's when he finds the most ground shaking document of all. He finds this old book of Mormon, like really, really old. Like I thought it was a Bible. It was a Bible. Was it a Bible? Bible. Okay. my, My bad. So an old Bible, like really early edition Bible. And he brings it home and like his wife's looking at it and stuff. He's super excited about it while well, she's flipping through it. And she finds that there's like kind of a, a piece of the, the couple pages are a stuck couple together. pages are like stuck together, yeah. but they're kind of peeling to where she could see that something was inside it. So she tells him he comes over, they're kind of looking at, it, they're pulling it apart. Well, he, he gets it to separate and he pulls out this paper And it turns out that this paper is a letter from someone named Martin Harris. So in church history, Martin Harris is a very big part of the, the reformation of the church, finding of the church. Um, And he was one of the scribes for Joseph Smith. So like I said, Joseph Smith found these plates of brass and he, and, and gold, and he was translating them, but he would translate them to a scribe who would write down everything he was saying. Um, Martin Harris is also one of the few people who actually saw the plates in real life. Like there were a few witnesses that were mentioned to, to be able to see these plates. How many witnesses were there? There was, there was seven. No. Yeah, that's right. And five. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and it's very important to note that Joseph Smith was the founder of the Latter-day Saints and Mm -hmm. that's how the Book of Mormon was. He, he created, found it, right? So it was from these plates. He restored exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah, so, restore. so again, right. the, the, yeah. the very premise of, of our church and our belief system is that when Christ was on earth, he founded his church. He had his 12 apostles. He, he proselyted all that stuff while he was on earth. Well, when he died, his apostles continued to share the gospel throughout the world until they were all persecuted and ultimately ended up dying. The earth fell into the dark ages and God's authority that he had on the earth while Jesus was there was removed from the earth. Okay, so then we believe that when Jesus Christ and God appeared to Joseph, they were reforming Christ's very own church, the same one that was on the earth when he was alive. He gave that authority to Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith gave it to Oliver Cowdery, Martin Harrison, Mm -hmm. and various other members to form the church. And God directed him in creating the church. So in that, he he was given these golden plates, which which is essentially a record of the early Americas. We're talking like ancient, like 600 BC people from Jerusalem came to America and this is their life, you know, on these plates, they scribed them on these plates all the way through after the resurrection of Christ and everything Mm -hmm. like that. Exactly. So ultimately it's just another book that confirms that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He's our ultimate redeemer through him. We'll be forgiven of our sins and be able to be resurrected. Well, (laughs) (laughs) if the door opened and it was, it was very ominous. (laughs) Jesus. So so fast forward. I mean, she's a direct descendant of the uncle. That's true. We just had, we just had Jesus. What is that? A cousin? That is correct. Jesus is like great, 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 great cousin. Just walk in. (laughs) So, (laughs) 
<laughs> so anyways, fast forward. Okay. So all these documents are very important. Well, he finds this document that essentially is written by Martin Harris. So one of the f- three witnesses, one of the people that scribed for Joseph Smith. And in this document, it was a letter he actually wrote saying that Joseph Smith didn't see God or and Jesus Christ. He was talked to and led to the plates by a white salamander. Hence the name, the white, white salamander. salamander yes, exactly. So just imagine after everything I've just explained to you about this church and we, we've got what, how many that members is, do we have at that time? We probably had like 10 million. Yeah. I, and it's the cornerstone of our religion. Like is that, that story in that the, story, in the, the of finding of the plates and Joseph Smith, mm-hmm. like that is the cornerstone of the Mormon religion itself. Yeah. So you can imagine that this made massive Massive shockwaves throughout the Mormon community, right. throughout Utah. And then he mm-hmm. even claims uh, uh, the letter itself written by Martin Harris claims that it wasn't Joseph Smith that actually found the golden plates, mm-hmm. that it was his brother Alvin. I think it was Alvin, I believe, who was actually led to the gold plates and saw them and then decided, I don't want anything to do with this and turned away. And then that's when the white salamander came to Joseph Smith and led him basically to the plates with magic and all this stuff. He was able to create it and stuff like that. And too. Yeah. So. And, and they were very, they were very, he was very careful with these documents. Like he was very hush hush about it. He was afraid that if he brought these documents to the church right away, that they would try to hide them. Like he was concerned that they were going to hide the truth yeah. from people. Yeah. In fact, he even had a guy come over and photograph them. Yep. And he said, who, and another another he, kind of dealer. Yeah, and so because he wanted to, just in case um, it got to the wrong person and was destroyed, he had backups. He had, he had proof. proof. Exactly. He had all this stuff that this stuff was marked. And so, you know, even that guy was like, have you brought this to the church yet? And he goes, no, not yet. I'm waiting for the right time because I want to make sure I have all my ducks in a row and, yeah. and proof that this is here. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, they wanted to kind of look into it and and see that these were real, you well, know? First, let's, we forgot one major part, which led him, uh, so this Mark Hoffman, which led the church to actually really kind of go with this guy. He actually found another piece of paper that was scribed by Joseph Smith, or he had, he signed his name on it. And, you know, basically saying that this paper is actually, uh, he basically took a piece of paper over the golden plates and scribed it down. Oh, that's right. He, he wrote all mm-hmm. the graphs and he had a page yeah, the of symbols yeah. and stuff. Yeah, all the symbols right. and everything. It was everything. just like one of those things you do as a kid where you'd put the piece of paper over something with yeah. a crayon yeah, and yeah, you just right. write it. And you scrape to get the imprint. Yeah, and he and and there was a, a letter on the bottom that was signed by Joseph Smith saying this is actual scri- um, scribes and and symbols from the gold plates themselves, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And he actually presented that to the church. And the church was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We paid him for it. Took the document. Um, and I mean, they tested these too. Yeah, they, they tested, tested the them. They made sure. And they actually paper, went back to Joseph Smith's time, all that stuff. They tested 100% accurate. And the church at that point, even, I actually have a, a he's one of the radio hosts around here. I'm a fan of him on Facebook. He actually has one of the old book of Mormon. So the church released a very special like edition of the book of Mormon with this paper gold printed on the front and back. No oh, way. Dang. That's crazy. Yeah. And I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Like they, they, it was like a limited edition. They just put out like so many copies and who's yeah. the, who's the, who's the guy? Uh, John Smith. 
No, 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 no. The you said the radio host? Yeah, John Smith. Oh, there's You're a lot of Smith. Smith. It's not yeah. okay. John Smith, Smith is a different guy. John Smith okay. used to work for X96. He's now with uh, Mary Pocahontas. Arrow I was about Wolf. to say, isn't <laughs> he the one that <laughs> I, was, I was so lost. No, I was like, that's literally his <laughs> name nah, is John dude. Smith. No. Okay. <laughs> but voiced yeah. by Mel Gibson. Yes. Yeah. 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 That was shut up. But so <laughs> we, we forgot that part, which. Which actually set him up with the church. I mean, he so it gave, he it gave him up, good favor with the church. Yeah. So when he'd grown up, his life LDS, mm-hmm. you know, was Eagle really Scout. strong standing in the church, all that stuff. And he had found I I can't remember how he came across this paper um, with I I want to say it was just in one of his he was out and like he would go to old yeah bookstores, I think yeah like he just he just came across it and found it. He did it in his college years, right? As almost like a hobby, he would go to the library. Oh, yeah. wait, no, I remember now. I remember. He was on his mission in England. Right. Oh, that's right. right. He was on his mission. Yes. So in the LDS church, um, ch- men, boys. And I women. Mean, we're, in men. Weird, we're in a weird age range there. 19-year-old boys, or at that Young at our men. time, 19-year-old men and 21-year-old women had a chance to serve a mission. Essentially, we, we spent two years somewhere uh, that else. That time, I think, was 18 months. For women. Oh, I'm talking about... I'm oh, sorry. I was thinking about us. <laughs> yeah, no. Yes. This is a 1985. They'd, they'd spend about 18... Or not even 1985. This was way before then. True. Anyways, so throughout the I'm church, we, we have missionaries. We send out missionaries. If you have any connection to the LDS church outside of Utah, it's probably through missionaries. Yes. So we send these young men and young women out to proselyte and share the gospel and whatnot. Me and Zach actually both served missions. Um, I was two years in Argentina. He was two years in... Rochester, New York. Rochester. Actually, Palmyra. I was. Oh, you oh, were right there. I was. Dude, I that's actually, a holy, holy land. I actually got to go to um, the Sacred Grove where Joseph Smith grew up. I actually got to go to the Hill Camorra, which is where Joseph Smith found, found the, the plates. And that's crazy. Wow. Like I, I feel like a terrible friend because I never knew. Isn't that wild? <laughs> that you like, went on, I didn't even know you went on a mission. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, see, you we didn't know him until at long after that. It's yeah, true. you but, knew but you still, were sending me stuff while I was on my mission. It was great. I know, but I mean, I feel like it's such a common conversation because we talk about your mission all the time. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a big part of your life. Like when you serve, like I honestly learned more in that two years than I would have ever learned in like five six years here. <laughs> like seriously, you learn so much so fast. And it, it was an incredible experience. Absolutely loved it. Um, it's, but anyways, it's the best two years and the worst two best, years of yeah, your the life. The best of the worst. Can, yes. can you guys elaborate a little bit on what you guys do as missionaries? Yeah. So like we we Knock we on had doors, some decent. Yeah, we had some pretty. I wouldn't say strict, but like we we were definitely scheduled out mm-hmm. constantly. Your whole um, days are planned. Like yep. Monday through Sunday. By us, like we would plan them, yes. but we had a certain schedule to meet. Like we had to be in bed by 1030. We had to get up by 630. Um, and then from from 630 to like 10, we were studying. Yeah. You so I was studying a language. Study, companion study, because you're with an, another elder as well. Mm-hmm. There's always and two of you. You're yes. never alone that whole two years. Yep. You are never allowed to be alone the whole two years. Even Unless you're showering. Um. But, Hold my hand through the door. <laughs> yeah. But we would we would go out and literally. This is going to be a tough one. I might well, squeeze. <laughs> Pinky touch. Pinky oh, touch. Oh gosh. 
we would uh, we would go out though and and walk the streets and knock on doors or in my case clap at doors. That's <laughs> <laughs> so what you do in Argentina. You stand at the end of the street and you clap real loud. I rang doorbells. Yep. Not, not many of those worked. They might have been there, but they didn't really work in Argentina. But uh, throw a chicken through the window. Yeah. Or a dog. There's stray dogs everywhere. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, we would just walk around and. And talk to people, and we literally just walk up and say, "Hey, I have a message from you know from Jesus Christ. I want to share His gospel with you. Would you, would you like to listen?" Mm-hmm. And we would, you know, enter people's houses and talk to them about it, share share our and thoughts, our testimonies, all that stuff. It's funny and sad at the same time how um, how many amazing people you will meet, and how many rude, very rude people that you will meet. Like the moment you mention any religion, like it's, they don't care whether you're a human being or not. You are the worst person in the entire world. Oh, it's scary. Like, like it, the opposition is yeah, scary. It gets bad. But that is like crazy. there was, in fact, there was one time. So funny story real quick. I'm out there. Uh, me and my companion decided to walk up and down uh, main street of uh, Wellsville, New York, which was actually at the very border of New York, Pennsylvania. We're walking you know, we decided to walk one way up Main Street and then turn around and go back down the other side. Well, at the other side, at the very end, it was a bar and they had an outside area where you could kind of just drink and stuff like that. Well, they were celebrating someone's 21st birthday and we're trying to just mind our own business. We walk past and they're like, hey, you're the Mormons, right? And we're like, yeah. And they're <laughs> like, so they start talking to us. They were actually a really, really cool group. And so we're, you know, we're sat there and talked to them for about 10 minutes and <laughs> and uh, one of the guys goes, so you guys ever seen a pair of boobs before? Oh, <laughs> and I was like, of course. I was like, oh, geez. I was like, my companion's like, no, I haven't. And I was like, I've seen a few Reddit R movies. They popped up here and there. I said, but no, I haven't in real life. Never I haven't. Not yeah, I like, I've not seen them in real life. I'm, you know, don't go searching for them and stuff like that. And he goes, oh, looks over at wife and goes, Show him. So she just, uh, <laughs> bam, just lifts up her shirt. Yeah, and well, me you're and just the jewel of the air. Me and my companion are like, whoa, we got to go. <laughs> we got to go repent. That's when you should have re- responded when he asked you that. Be like, sir, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to see your boobs. <laughs> that's where I thought this was going. Have you ever seen a pair of boobs? <laughs> sir, I'm sure they're really nice, but I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather not. Thank you. I was I was kind of that sassy missionary every once in a while. It's just like I said, being being uh, an LDS missionary, it's just funny. Like, who's gonna sit there and flash someone randomly on the street? But also, well, <laughs> it's just funny. The, it's the stuff that you will see on your mission and go through. It's a wild time. And I'm sure it happens for other missionaries as well. I don't know very much missionary work outside of the LDS church, but I'm sure it happens. You know, that is one thing that's that's one thing that is cool, though, is that even in New York or anywhere, almost people recognize a Mormon missionary. It's true. A white shirt. That white shirt with the black tag. Yeah. With the biker helmet. Yeah, with the bike. <laughs> in some areas. <laughs> Until you crash the bike, and then all of a sudden, nobody in the mission gets bikes. <laughs> well, there's a story. That I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you look up missionary bike crash on YouTube, and you find one where it's like kind of a, a side view, and there's a bunch of really poor looking houses and dirt. With it's a, a video with of me on my mission. Pretty sweet dirt jump. <laughs> Crashing hardcore. Are you kidding me? Oh, I, I I ate it, but I did not get hurt. God protects his missionaries. <laughs> and Even the dumb ones. I, I, mean, I hit hard and nothing. No scratch, nothing. It was wild. 
It's a but, beautiful uh, jump. He I mean, almost I'm, made it. I did. I did. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying that's the reason, but shortly after that, there were no more bikes in the entire mission. <laughs> I did have, ruin it. I do have to say, it sounds really epic, but the jump isn't very big. <laughs> it sounds no. like it's like this gigantic You guys went there. The camera's world. The perspective was not right. Uh-huh. <laughs> that jump was at least 20 feet. And I was pedaling hard, okay? <laughs> I was too high it's, of a gear. It's that classic pedal, too, where like the bike shifts <laughs> side to side as you're standing up. You know? it's like it leans. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? what I mean. He doesn't pull so hard. He doesn't pull up on the handlebars. He pushes down. <laughs> I did not push down. I just uh, gravity helped. I don't know if the bike ever actually left the ground, did it? I mean, kind I mean, of. <laughs> I'm just no, saying it was before you rolled. Oh. I don't think it left the ground. <laughs> it was pretty miraculous, though, how quickly it reversed course. Let's just be honest, because that front wheel just whoop. yeah. It's yeah. like nope. I thought you were windowing. <laughs> yeah, I thought like, like, oh, you No, for real, you watch it, and it's not that the back end comes up, it's that the front goes back. That's why I said you pushed on the handlebars. <laughs> you had to have. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I don't think you've ever jumped a bike in your life until that moment. Hey, I was, I, I think I'm going to be going slightly uphill, speed. too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that bike broke every day anyway, so it wasn't that greatest. Anywho, <laughs> so that is essentially a mission. <laughs> <laughs> we can elaborate if you guys want us to talk yes. more about it. We can, we have, a, I'm sure, me and Zach have a ton of stories to share oh, yes. with you. Check I us out on Instagram. Ask questions. It's we a good can time. Fill it in. But anyways, now you know what a mission is. So, so Mark Hoffman is on his mission. He was in England, and he found in some old bookstores that he would go into. He found documents um, of you know the rubbings, mm-hmm. the the rubbings of the plates from from Joseph Smith. And he brought those home with him, and that's kind of what got him started in this uh, this antiques dealing arena and got him to where he is now. Mm-hmm. So anyways, he takes this salamander letter to um, a Mormon bishop, so it's someone who's kind of in charge of the congregation in the area, and he shows it to him. Well, this guy, his name is uh, Steve Christensen. He ends up mm-hmm. buying these salamander letters from him for $40,000. The remind bishop you as well. did? Well, bishop remind did. you as well, he was also a, uh, wasn't he an attorney he w- as well? He was. Okay. So he was He was like a letter. So he, he actually bought this. He did it on his working time, like not as an official part of the church. Yes. But then he, he bought it and then he donated it to the church. Yes. Mm. Which then put him in ties with the church as well mm-hmm. to kind of be... A, a way for, yeah, to al- get more documents. Almost, almost a... a not authoritative figure, but yeah, a working waypoint for the church to get documents yeah. as well. And a really awesome way as a business write-off. For real. I mean, hey, hey. his business is his business. Hey. It's not business. He, doesn't business for the he doesn't work for the church. Exactly. He donates that as $40,000. It's a great write-off. I mean, yeah, as, as a side note, all clergy of the Mormon church, none of them are paid. It's all volunteer. All no, volunteer. no one gets paid anything. Um, and so this was all his own private business dealings, but he donated <clears throat> it to the church. So, you know, the church has this document there. The news is going crazy. There's articles all over talking about how the Mormon church is a lie. They lied about their origins. Like it's ground shaking for anyone of that faith. Um, I remember right after this, doc- this series came out, I had not known anything about this. Like I did not know about the bombings. I didn't know. I did not either. know about the salamander letters. Um, but at that time, my parents were. My dad's a convert to the church, so he didn't get baptized 
until uh, like right before my brother was born. So like early eighties. And, and so this was like, you know, this was a big thing happening was, in the church. There's and, a lot of people who left the church because mm-hmm, of it. A lot. It shook their faith. It shook, you know, they, well, how could it not? I know. Oh, you know what sure. I mean? That's like finding out that <clears throat> Jesus really didn't do anything that he did or, yeah. yeah. He didn't walk on water. Yeah. He didn't, you know. Yeah. Well, you're thinking, well, if they lied to us about this, what else did they lie to us about? Exactly. Yeah. Type of yeah. So it was huge controversy. It was, a lot of stuff was going on. Well, then, a um, little bit later, Mark Hoffman comes across more documents, and these were called the McClellan Collection. Oh, yeah. Yes. So he, this, this yeah, was... He, he claimed he had he had a way to them. So these were... Mm-hmm. This was working in with the guy in... In New York, in right? In New York, Yes. And he had basically claimed to the, this guy, hey, I've got, I've got these McClellan papers, which describe what they are. As far as I understand, uh, I don't know the guy's first name, but this McClellan guy, William E. Cle- Cle- McClellan. Um, so he was, a, he was a Mormon leader, and he basically had this collection of documents and books and stuff that further kind of... Uh, basically like destroyed the church. Like it was more documents similar to the white salamander mm-hmm. letter that threw controversy that threw stories, uh, out of whack that basically like made all these previous stories that we knew in the history of the church into a totally different, like didn't avenue, completely different thing. Didn't have to have something to do with Joseph Smith's wife or something. No. So she got brought up because, um, she actually, they found out that Bible that had the Salamander letter uh-huh. in it was actually owned by her. That's oh. right. So and that's the, the other the, reason it was so important. The guy who he bought mm. the Bible off of said that's that right. this was owned by Emma Smith herself. Yeah. Didn't it? Didn't or it supposedly have part of the 116 pages that were lost too? Yes. Well, or is that or, something no, else? No, no, that that comes later. Oh, okay. That comes later. But the, I thought the Joseph Smith's brother part was in the McClellan. Or no, was that, that that was in the Salmon. That was in the Salamander letters. Okay. And so, but basically, so with these McClellan papers, they are these huge papers. They, you know, were rumored about all this stuff. He goes to New York. I don't think he actually ever said what was in them. He just said that they could be damaging to the church. Yeah, they, yes. they were huge papers. And so he goes mm-hmm. to New York. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he talks to this guy in New York and he basically says, hey. The, the coin collector? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he says, I have an opportunity to get these papers and describes to this guy what it is. And he says, but I don't have the money. It's going to cost him. What did he say? It's going like to cost him 300000 No, it's like 180000 Yeah. And so he, this coin collector guy fronts him half the money. What was his name again? Do we remember? I don't remember his exact, his it's name. It's so hard remembering all the names I know, of all these. Because there were a yeah. lot. Yeah. It's a big tangled web. Yeah. Basically, basically though, this guy, like he was, he was huge into coin collecting and he had a whole business completely around just collecting Mm -hmm. and and trading coins and other small antiques, but mostly coins. And so when he was approached by Hoffman, he was all aboard. He was like, yes, like, cause Hoffman's like, Hey, help me buy these documents. They're like 180,000. Once we get them, I can, I already have a buyer at the church, the LDS church. Well, he will pay 300,000 for him. He partnered with another guy as well and offered Mm -hmm. him half. And this guy was like, wait, half. I was thinking like maybe 10%, 20%, but okay. Not even that. I think he was saying like two, yeah, 2%, 3%, but he's like half. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So that was very generous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then 
Sorry, by this time, didn't he already sell the salamander? Yes, yes the, it had already yes. been bought and donated to the church. Yeah. So he found more documents. Right. And he was in, in conversations with uh, Steve Christensen. Which he... To go, to go see them. He, Steve wanted to go with him to New York to look at the yes. documents. Right. Which in turn, Steve Christensen also went to the church about it and said, hey, uh, he's got these papers. So Gordon B. Hinckley, who at the time was the second counselor in the first presidency, actually came out and put an offer on these papers saying, we want them, offered $3 million for these papers. I don't... Are are you sure about that? Because I remember them denying that they were ever going to buy it. Well, that comes later. So so at this point, it's led to believe that the church made an offer to buy it. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's right. So and then, then, then they, it, it's the, like he didn't come out and say it in a news thing. Right. They were saying that he they was were wanted saying, to buy it for three. So they were that's saying, what it was. That's my apologies. Yeah. I, I said that kind of differently. So yeah, like he he um, didn't he was say he was claiming to the coin collector in New York and also that he's talked to this one and the church mm-hmm. wants three million dollars for these papers and all this stuff. But then it, it but, does come out that the leaders of the church were told that it was going to be donated, that they mm-hmm. never actually made an never offer. Never had intention. So as you see, like things are starting to kind of unravel, right? Things are, everyone's starting to question things. You know, he went to this guy, I'll give you, give me this much. I'll get this much for it. Hey, you will actually going to pay, you know, sell it to the church. They're going to give us 3 million. I'll split it halfway with you. All this stuff's going on. Well, <laughs> Steve Christensen is like, Hey, the church is really eager to get their hands on this stuff. Let's go to New York. Let's go look at it. Let's, you know, get this going. Well, the day that they were supposed to leave to New York to pick up, to look at the, the McClellan letters and everything, Steve Christensen is in his office. He, he gets a knock on the door. There's a, there's a package on the, you know, out, outside waiting for him. He goes out, he picks up the package Immediately, that package explodes Boom. and kills him. Yeah. Well, like, it's a, it was just a homemade bomb box. Just, just, just kills him right this, then and there. This homemade bomb was wrapped in nails, so like it mm-hmm. shot shrapnel mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. It blew like the door off. Giant pipe bomb, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So and so he died instantly, and and this just rocked the world. You know, amidst the controversy of the salamander letter and all this stuff, now we have. A straight up bombing in the middle of Salt Lake. Yeah. Well, and and to add on to it, with all this uncertainty, and then the words going around of the church willing to pay three million for these documents, mm-hmm. it sounded a lot like hush money. Yeah, like hey, under the table, we're gonna drop you three mil, and then on on the surface, they're like, no, we're not gonna give you any money, or you know, mm-hmm. we didn't offer any money, and so <clears throat> there was like almost like under the table hush money, like give us the documents and. You know, we no one knew at that time what they were going to do with them if they had received them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So everything gets just more shady, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? What are these documents? Is the church behind things? So everyone, it's casting doubt and suspicion on everything. Well, the next more, the very next morning, um, Steve Christensen's partner, it was Steve Christensen's partner's wife, yeah. finds a similar box on her doorstep picks it up it blows up she dies essentially that box was intended for steve christensen's partner i can't remember his name that's what i was trying to look up 
I want to say it was like Carrie or something like that. But so now, now we have two bombs that have gone off within a day of each other. And the whole, the, all of Salt Lake, the whole state's freaked out because one bomb is, you know, disgruntled person. Two bombs is serial killer. Everyone's mm-hmm. thinking serial killer. Somebody is out. Like people are in danger. Things are going on. There were quite a few other people involved in the, in the antiques dealing that, uh, they were starting to get really scared because they knew about these things. They knew about the salamander letters, the McClellan documents, all this stuff. And the entire time that this is going on, as I'm watching, you know, learning about this, I'm like, this is insanity. It yeah. sounds like the cartel is yeah. at war Straight with like, up. you know, and it's just, no, it's just. Well, yeah. Some people were even wondering, is it the church themselves that these secrets yeah. are starting to get out and the church doesn't want this out so mm-hmm. yeah is it a conspiracy with the church exactly is, and i mean i'm sure conspiracies were abound like what is going on what so, is it that they had their hands on to add to that i just was reading on this the mcclellan papers it actually tells it what it is so this adds even more to the cold conspiracy thing of it, could it be the church could it be someone within the church could it be just an everyday person who's trying to protect the church um but the mcclellan papers was so william e mcclellan was actually a mormon apostle um, who eventually broke with the LDS church. Um, he, it was, uh, known that McClellan had written various letters and papers dealing with controversial subjects in Joseph Smith's life. Um, uh, basically he, uh, printed a, a letter for, uh, to Joseph Smith, the third Joseph Smith's son stating that Emma Smith knew and disapproved of Joseph Smith being adulterer. And um, yeah. he said he was also visited by um, Joseph Smith III, stating Emma Smith told him that Joseph was both a polygamist and an adulterer. So it was basically a bunch of letters that he had written stating that he talked to Joseph Smith's son, that Joseph Smith was a false, that he was mm-hmm. an adulterer, he was this and that. Basically he would be detrimental Just to a church. horrible human being, and he was basically a fascist, a fascist is just a out there to make money. Mm, mm-hmm. So that's, that's what the McClellan papers were. So now you've got these bombs that go off mm-hmm. that, because you know, the McClellan papers are starting to circulate and people are wondering what's going on. And you've got Steve Christensen who is dealing with it. And you've got this other guy who's, and his partner, his partner's who's dealing, dealing with, it. with it. And who was so, the intended victim, but it ended up and killing these his wife. guys are now trying to get the papers for the church. So the church can look mm-hmm. into it. And now you got bombings and people are thinking, man, is it the church? Yeah. Is it someone who is trying to protect the church in any way, shape or form, which now is shaking the foundation of everybody thinking as well. Like, well, and at just, this point, didn't they put Mark Hoffman under protective watch? Because they're like, if these two guys have been hit, we know that you've also been dealing with it were, as well. They were looking for him. Yeah. They, it was another guy that they put, put under protective watch later because oh. then, like, I can't remember if it was the next day or a couple days later, there was another explosion. Yeah. So three explosions yes. within days of each other. This explosion. It was Gary Sheets. Gary Sheets. Yes. Yeah, he was the intended victim. His it was, it was his, his wife, wife who died. Kathy Sheets, who ended up dying. And so then the third bomb goes off, and this bomb actually went off in Mark Mark's Hoffman's car. car. Yep. And Mark Hoffman was there. So and he, he was in the car. Mm-hmm, and he was injured, but he didn't die. So when the bomb goes off, though, and the police show up and all this stuff, they find in his trunk papers. 
the McClellan documents. Yes, but they but were too burned. Yeah, they were exactly. charred. They were burned beyond, like they couldn't get anything from them. They could tell though. You know, they they tested them. They're all like documents from that time period. All this stuff, but they couldn't see any of the information on it. So you know, he's in the hospital, and and FBI is now brought into this. They're they're trying to help figure out where these bombings are coming from. Who's doing it? Is it a serial killer? What is happening? Um, and it's at that point that they grab the other guys that are kind of like, like the coin collector. Uh huh. Yeah. Like was, they, just they go to all the other people and they're like, Hey, like your life don't go anywhere is in danger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to one of Mark Hoffman's friends who was the one that took the first pictures of the salamander, salamander letters. Was and it? He actually became a suspect. Yeah. Wasn't he the one, I can't remember his name, but in the Netflix thing, he's the one that has kind of the really like, raspy soft, voice, raspy bald. voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's right. Because what was it about him that made him a suspect? So you come to find out that like him and Mark Hoffman were friends for a while. They had gone out after Mark had sold some some rare documents, specifically the that really big one that he found. What was that? It was like the man of oh the. The free man. The free man. What was it called? It, it was essentially he found this document that was the very first printed paper in America. Oh, yeah. What was it? Something free man. It was like ode to the. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gosh, what mm-hmm. was it called? And this was like a huge deal. Like he was he was going to make millions on just that the document. Oath of the, free they were, man. the oath of the free man. Yes. And is. they were going to they were going to put it on display at the statue of Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. Like they straight up did every test on this thing, proved it was real. They even sent it out for, uh, to, I can't remember the name of the test, but they bombard it with like protons. Yes. And find out everything, you know, carbon data and all that. Exactly. <clears throat> so they were sending that out. But anyways, um, all this goes down. His, that friend of his, apparently they had like, gone out because he mark hoffman was making a lot of money through his antique dealings you know he went out with his wife and he had a wife and two or three kids i think i think i think they were giving birth to their third okay yeah yeah yeah. that sounds right and so they went out and and he was coming into a lot of money his wife noticed and this oath to the free man was gonna be his like his huge like like his his retirement check exactly the big payday um, but even at this point, like his wife tells a story about how they went to the, to buy a new van cause their family was getting bigger and he's like, I want a sports car. And so they ended up just buying a van and a sports car just mm-hmm. right then and there. And he was constantly taking people out to really nice dinners, really expensive and- dinners and stuff. And he was with this friend of his, he, they went out and bought an Uzi, like a full on yeah. automatic Uzi. That's right. And yeah. would just go cruising and just shooting you know, dilapidated houses out in the middle of nowhere and like all this stuff. And so, I so, mean, why not? Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm, I'm not lying, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't done that myself. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> um, So things like that. And then he just, his connection to the salamander letters and all that stuff made him seem very like incriminated him as being the one who was using these bombs. Mm-hmm. And, at this point, this is where everything truly starts to just completely unravel. Because yeah. they they find out, ah, I remember. So at the very beginning, he was actually dealing in early 
um, Mormon currency, currency, which I didn't even know existed until yes. this. So basically like beehive bills, like he, he had these plates, he went to a company and he bought these plates, like had these plates made and these documents were basically forged. They were, they were printed and sold as actual historical documents. Once they realized that that was the issue, it opened up this whole new world into the investigation. Wait. Now it wasn't even just about the, like uh, the fact that there was controversial documents. Now it was questioning whether or not some of these documents that had been proven real were in fact actually real. Wait, back up. So Mark had these plates. He, well, he had sold, had... he had sold the currency. He found this so-called like old Mormon currency uh-huh. and he was dealing with it. And, and somehow in their investigation, they came across a receipt from this uh, different guy. Um, Oh, what was his name? It's like Mike. Something, Dude, names, right? I suck with names so bad. Mike Wazowski. It was Mike. Yeah, it was Mike something. This Mike guy had bought these plates. Mike Harris. No, I think you might be Mike Harris. Is it? I want to say it was something like that. There's a Martin Harris, but that's not who no. you guys are talking about. Um, but it was. I don't know. Yeah, it was. Just, it was a name. Mike something. And this guy had bought. The, he had gone to this like trophy shop, had them make these plates that were used to make this to forge this money. Uh-huh. So they realized that these documents that the church had had been given were fake. So now they started to look into this guy and try to figure things out and like, well, what's going on? Like, you know, could could this be a, an issue of forgeries? Could someone be covering something up? Well, as they're investigating this Mike guy, they go to the actual like place where the document was made. And this like trophy shop. And they find that this Mike guy had made another purchase um, for, for some other, for another plate. And the guy had paid with, he he paid with like cash, but he was a couple dollars short. Uh That's right. A check. And he had to write a check. Well, guess whose name was on the check? Mark. Mark Hoffman. Mm -hmm. See, and, and backing up just... a check or a credit card? It was Sorry. a check. Was it a check? It was a check. And backing up just a tiny bit, before this all landed, there was suspicion because there was an eyewitness of the Steve bomb. Yes. And the eyewitness saw the guy kind of... He just said, you know, he's your average male. Average dude. Um, but he was in a green... Letterman's jacket. Letterman's jacket yeah. without the letter. So, mm-hmm. And he was carrying a... A brown package. And he was carrying a brown to package. Sean Christensen's door. And when they released that information, I can't remember who it was, but they were like the only person I could think of who had a jacket like that was Mark. It was friends of him. And Mark Hoffman had gone to Olympus High School, and that was their that was their colors. That yeah. was their their Letterman's jacket. Mm-hmm. So they so, checked out his house, mm-hmm. didn't find anything at all resembling bombs, forgeries, nothing. Nothing, but they did find the green jacket. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, at first they were worried, like, hey, it's, you know, anyone who had gone to Olympus could have this jacket. It could be a pure coincidence. They could not find anything on them. And that's when they found the plates that took them to the trophy shop. They found the personal check. Yes. And they're like, well, we got him on this. Like, this is how we're going to take this guy down. Didn't they even find a plate for the Oath of the Freeman as well? Yes, which they used it and it came out perfectly. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. So so everything comes starts coming apart. Mark Hoffman 
is an insanely good forger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This man had fooled the FBI. The FBI had looked at all his document, all these documents, and they were like, this is all real. None of this is fake. So kind of, again, back up just a tad. There was that one FBI yeah. who was a professional, like, well, looking over the forgery things, but he himself was LDS, so they said they didn't want him working on it. Well, no, because no, no. He, So he wasn't with the FBI no, directly. So what he was happened, a professional, like... Oh, okay. Yeah, art, what happened like, is is now, now you've... You've got Mark out as a um, as a forger. He's a suspect now. He's a suspect. Um, they've got the salamander letters, and they actually went to the church and said, "We need this paper." Even though the church was like, "We don't want to get it out," but finally the church was like, "It was tested, all this stuff." But here you go. Here, take it. Mm-hmm. We're you once and for all. Let's prove whether this is false or not. So that they went and they found the best in the world, basically forger guy or whatever investigator Investigator. who could tell on forgery (laughs) and he happened to actually i can't remember where he's from but he actually happened to be lds himself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he flat out said i will do this i have no problem doing this but i need someone else in the room with me so he ended up calling another guy from arizona and he said what's your religious background and he goes well i used to practice, you know, Christianity. He's like, but I don't really go anymore. And he was like, great. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. He goes, as long as you're not LDS Mormon, anything like that, that's all I care about. Mm-hmm. I need you up here. So the two of them, cause he didn't want to have a, a biased opinion. Yeah. yeah. So the two of these or he guys, didn't want, he didn't want his opinion to look biased, to look biased. In the yeah. Area. Or feel like he's covering something up. Mm-hmm. Or, and this is what actually what broke things out too. Cause then they start looking at the salamander letter. And this is after the FBI had already said these yes. are these are authentic. Yeah, because they 100%. had the FBI tested again, and the FBI came back again and said it's good. Mm-hmm. But these guys took a second look at it, and they looked at this paper for what, 15, 16 hours? We'll see, and that that's going back, because I thought this guy looked at it, and then they said, well, you're LDS too, so we're going to have the FBI look at it. So they sent it to the FBI. They said it was authentic. And this guy said, I just he feel felt, like he felt there's like something, it was something wrong. Off, but he couldn't find and it. And so that's okay. when he was like, I want to look at it one more time. And then he called and the, guy the guy and guy said, in. I need someone else in here. Okay. That's and not. Yeah. Okay. And they were, they spent hours and they were just yeah. passing documents back and forth to each other over and over. And not, not just the white salamander letters and the uh, McClellan stuff they had, but just other historical yeah. documents from the church that, that have been that proven he, that Mark Hoffman never touched. Yep. And what broke it was the cracked ink. The yep. cracked ink. He oh, he realized as he, he looked <laughs> under a microscope, looked at all the different documents, they put them in different piles according to how the ink was cracked. And they realized quickly that all of the papers that had cracked ink in the specific way had all been touched by Mark Hoffman. Yep. And, the and all the other ones, being... not at all. One Salamander those. letter, all the McClellan stuff. And that well, the, is how they got him. The McClellan stuff, I don't think they actually hung on to because it was too charred. They they had some stuff. Like in the video, oh. you can see that there's still some visible parts gotcha. of it. So yeah. I think they still checked things. But any documents that he touched, they found the same issue. Um, and And again, like this is another one of those crazy stories where if you ask anyone the guy knows... They, he was a stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. He was awesome. He was active in the church. He was so loving with his kids. He was filming his kids all the time. Like he had a camera at this time, which was 
in you know in the eighties was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a gigantic news camera yeah, on my your shoulder. My grandpa had one. They were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Full on VHS yes. stuck in those. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> my grandma had one too. But uh and like he he loved the attention he was getting from the mm-hmm. news. Like he just ate it up. He loved it. Well didn't his wife even say that like he would have the news on and when they would talk about the white salamander and, and different things, you could almost just see that like smug yeah. grin it's on his like face. Exactly. Just, Cause you now, now that it's all out, you have this man who fooled everyone, almost the FBI, like all these other professionals looking into it. It, his uh, oath of the free man passed that, test yeah. with the protons like put it they put it in this giant machine and bombard it with protons and it came back as authentic pr- authentic and it's it's insane it's so detail oriented to even go in topic on here oh, you have crazy. a chance go watch like the third episode of this po- of this show on netflix and it goes into detail how he did this. Oh, man. Like well, he, he explains it. He confesses it. Mm-hmm. it. He explains it all, like, how he did it, what he did, involving, like, literally putting the paper up and vacuuming the back Dude, of it. Dude, that was the craziest one. The ink through the paper. and Yeah, so when they talked about the ink, they were talking about how over time, ink just, it's... It the, seeps it's in. It's acidicness, or acidity, it seeps into the paper. So he devised his own way of writing with the ink and well, then, he made his own ink too mm-hmm. yes he created his own ink he perfectly matched martin harris's ha- handwriting he wrote on this paper which he took the paper from books of that time period like cut pages out of the books and would clear and took them, them with them well he would find there's always like blank pages okay. yeah. i thought he would also make his own paper he would do it with like hydrogen peroxide and and like he had his own chemicals mm-hmm, that he mm-hmm. would soak the paper well, he, he would soak them, and then he would also positively charge them by running uh, that's an electrical right. current to engage them. He put it in like a fish tank or something, right? Oh, yes. Yes, you yeah. are put it in a fish tank, ran the electrical charge through it. Dude, how like, do you even figure this crap out well, in a world without the freaking internet? The funny yeah. thing is, is they even asked his, they thought the wife was a suspect, and she, she just literally nothing. was oblivious to everything. She said, yeah. no, he had his office. When he went in there, we left him alone. And he would, he'd just go in there and shut the door. And she's, they were like, you never was curious to even anything in there. And she goes, no, it was my husband's private domain and I stayed away. Yeah. But come uh, to find out he was forging all kinds, like not oh, just centered no. around the LDS religion, like well, yeah. all kinds all of historical of documents. documents. Well, and that's the thing. This all starts back when he was 14 years old. He was, he was on like, he was at a camp or, or he was out with some friends and stuff. And he oh, actually, right, yeah. like, they, they, they were like, hey, you know hunting. where treasure is? Let's go yeah. treasure hunting. And they're out looking for stuff and having fun. Well, lo and behold, he uncovers this jar full of old coins. Huh. And everyone's like, holy cow, how'd you do? No way. Like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. They get on the news. People come and check the coins. And they find the coins to be authentic, authentic old coins. He made the dang coins. He made the coins, forged them when he was fourteen. The, went out the night before, buried them. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh. And he says, like, once they dug up, once they found the coins, and once the people said that they were authentic, he essentially said, if they say they're authentic, that means they're authentic. That makes them authentic. Yeah, that yeah. makes yeah. them authentic. They are real. And 
he got this. I mean, you see this same kind of pride with serial killers. He was so proud that he could deceive people mm-hmm. with this skill of his. It just gave him like a high, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and kind of along that authentic, they rephrased it and basically said, once a lie is declared truth, it is no longer a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that and that seeing his lie become truth on television was insanely that was the epitome for him yeah Yeah, it was just like perfection not not to mention didn't he have almost a hatred for the church he did so it turns out that he in his confession he also talked about how he became atheist when he was 14 so he stopped Uh believing in god and he essentially had he had gotten into groups that were anti they were against the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints they were they would deal with anti like documents and and stuff written by other people he and this wasn't in the documentary but i was talking to a friend about this there's another video of a of an interview with his wife he would bring over friends who were anti to the church and they would collectively with him make fun of her for believing in in joseph smith oh oh really yeah so this was while they were married mm -hmm. wow gosh so they would like he he was against the church but he was so against it that he not only wanted to try to make money from it, but he wanted to destroy it from the inside. Mm. Well, and his parent, he grew up in a household Very strict where his family, family was strict. extremely strict mm-hmm. LDS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to the point where if you said anything off about the religion, the father like lost it. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. The dad was bad. Yeah. He was and definitely so, not. I mean, not the necessarily the dad was bad, but the dad was very, it's very strict. He, t- he took it too it, far. It's unfortunate yes. because it's, I mean, you, you see this sometimes with people is they, they take, they take the teachings to an extreme. Like they take the teaching of Jesus says, you know, I cannot, I cannot be, or God says, I cannot be in the presence of of anyone who sins. They take that as if you do anything bad, even in the slightest, you're the devil. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And they forget the very important part where Jesus is like, Hey, love everyone and love your neighbor. Love me. And like, be kind to everyone. Judge like, not as you be judged. Exactly. Yes. Like yeah. they kind of skip over these very important pieces of the gospel. And it still happens and today. It does. And yeah. they go. It's, it's very sad. Very unfortunate. It drives a lot of people away. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, crazy time so, in the church. So I got to add on him with the bombs. Um, They were interviewing him. This was after he was in prison. They were interviewing him about it. And... Um, didn't they, they ended up finding out that he had, he had the plan for these bombs years in advance and basically with the intent to one day use them. And, uh, I think they asked him like, when did you know you were, that you could kill somebody? And that's when he was like, well, I've had these bombs on hand for a while, blah, blah, blah. You never know. And so it's like the guy already had well, like I thought, I oh, thought he, he said I thought he made the bombs that like the evening prior. But he had the plans yeah, for he it. Did. Plans. Oh, he had okay. known about it. He'd read Oh, that was the other thing that incriminated his friend is they both had anarchist cookbooks. Oh yeah. Right, right, right. Oh. Um like how to make homemade bombs. Exactly, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he what what dove him to the bombs too is he had said that he'd gotten too he he had these plans for these McClellan papers, papers, and he had gotten too deep too quickly 
Yeah. And he didn't that have time to actually yeah, make Steve everything Steve Christensen to make. kept bugging him for these papers. Hey, yeah. I want to buy them. A lot hey, of pressure. I've talked to, you know, the church and they're interested in them. And that's right. Didn't um, that uh, the oath of a free man, he was hoping that deal would have gone through faster because then he would have made that paycheck and would have been gone before the McClellan. Yes, before yep. the McClellan yeah. papers could have been brought forward. But that's when, but the... That's when they essentially found the plate that made it, and they yeah. duplicated it. And, yeah. well, and that's, that's, and that's, that's what unraveled bomb, everything. Yeah. That's why the bomb went off in his car, because he was ultimately... He was actually... I can't remember who, what he was saying. He was deciding whether he wanted to go set it off somewhere else. Well, I think uh, to, to set the bigger picture was he put himself in the middle of a very tangled web where yes. it, he was kind of owing a lot of different people money. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so and he had no way out. So these guys were pressuring him for these papers that he didn't yet finish mm-hmm. forging for yep. that. And so he was banking on the oath of the free man in order to, to basically even and... out his debts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so he was shifting around all these big amounts of money, basically laundering money mm-hmm. to you know, buy himself more time as he then forged these documents. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Now, did it say the bomb in the car? Did he purposely set it off to try and kill himself or well, to make it look like he was attacked or did it go off accidentally? I don't remember I f- it saying, I was confused on that too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, and, and then going back to that night prior before the first bombing and I, maybe I misheard. I thought the two bombings happened in the same day. They did. Within within hours. The same day? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So okay. they did the within night, hours of each other. Yeah. The night prior, he was piecing together the bombs. And I remember in the interview, he was like, I didn't know who I was going to bomb. I, I decided that morning. And then that's where he dropped off the bomb at, was it Steve? Steve yeah. Christensen's Steve first. Christensen's and that was intended and for then, him. Yeah. And then the next that one at, at Gary, mm-hmm. uh, Gary something. Sheets. 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 And he actually even said, it was intended for Gary Sheets, but then he even mentioned that he didn't care who picked it up. Yeah. He's he like, could've could've been been an, it could have been a kid, well, dog, whoever. He's like, I don't care as long as he, it went off. He said on record, he was like, it's better to take a human life than risk being exposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then Sheesh. as he was driving, trying to figure all this out, his the one in the trunk of his car went off, which I think, if I remember right, was accidental. He was still That's trying to... I do to, remember something about it being accidental. He was still trying to figure out who he was going to bomb as the what third one. What a perfect one. accident to like cover say, your butt. It worked out perfectly, yeah, because it yeah. blew up those papers and it made him look like he had the legit McClellan That's right. papers. Because he went through, he kind of, excuse me for saying, he half-assed those McClellan papers and then burnt them. You said a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, was it accidental? I can't remember I because thought, I thought it could have been in on the, purpose. It, that's what I'm. That's why I was confused because I was wondering if it was on purpose to purposely burn the McClellan papers so it looked like he had them, but oh, now they're too damaged. We can't really see what they are. Like, mm, get off the hook on them. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's what I was thinking. Because I remember him being interviewed at one point too, where they were asking him, "When did you, when did you make the choice to try and kill yourself?" 
Didn't he get asked that in an interview? Yeah, he did. And I, I'm so, having a really hard time remembering if he admitted. So I almost that. wonder if he did plan on dying, like if it, if he was being suicidal in his car, and then had the McClellan papers staged in the trunk, and then he would have died. They would have seen the McClellan papers. Oh my gosh! Blah blah blah. That would fit his profile because I think of the I way think that's is. right. I think he did try committing suicide. Yeah. I think it was like an in the moment thing where he saw everything was falling apart. Yes. And then that's when he tried to kill himself. And he's, then, he's still in jail today. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Did you see the timeline of his pictures? Yeah. Looks like a different guy in every single yeah, picture. A, he was a freaking weirdo, too. There's, I think he was. Here's the here's the best part about him being um, in prison that he's still alive today. So he tried to kill him, commit suicide again inside his jail cell, took a bunch of antidepressants. Well, he passed out. They didn't find him. Let's see. It said uh, he was revived, but not before spending 12 hours lying on his right arm, and it blocked its circulation, thus causing muscular muscular atrophy. 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 Sorry. Thank you. And, he uh, got a trophy for that? Yes. <laughs> and uh, it... His forging hand was thereby permanently disabled. Yeah. So oh, the that's irony. Right. Uh-huh. Oh, speaking of about the forging. So, and I know we kind of touched on this earlier, but when you actually saw his little workspace, that dude was able to forge so many different signatures. Or like, yeah, didn't it say he did uh, like Abraham Lincoln, Benjamin George Franklin, Washington, I thought was George one of Washington. Them. And one of the big things was how many of his documents are part of U.S. history that are forged. So that's the funny yeah. thing is, is they don't know. That's it. That's my they, point. Is they don't know to this day. Yeah. They don't know. The documents that he turned in, they don't know whether didn't, it's forged or not. Didn't begin? they say yeah. he full on like re like redid the constitution? I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I remember hearing something that he made a constitution. Like well, and, made a, a replica of it. Yeah, and the and a big piece to all this too is to remember this all took place back in nineteen eighty five. Mm-hmm. Like Again, this this story no the bombing happened in nineteen eighty five. So all his forging happened well before then, yeah. started well before then. Started when he was 14. 14. And so he so, perfected his, his craft, cre- his craft. And it's just mind boggling. It's so, crazy how much money's involved in forging. Yeah. Here you go. Seriously. To give him an idea of how great this guy was. These are all the people who the, he forged in Americana history, George Washington, John Adams, John Quincy Adams, Daniel Boone, John Brown, Andrew Jackson, Mark Twain, Nathan Hale, John Hancock, Francis Scott Key, Abraham Lincoln, John Milton, Paul Revere, Miles Standish, and Button Gwinnett, whose signature was the rarest and therefore the most valuable of any signer of the Declaration of Independence. Holy crap. Isn't that wild? He forged them all and he passed every single one of them. Here's the thing that makes me so mad about all of this is clearly the dude is a genius, right? He, and like he could have done the world so much good, (laughs) but yet he chose a darker path, which is so disappointing. The the greed and the pride. And do you think he regrets that in prison? Like probably not. So I doubt it. Kind of going back to our Ted Bundy episode we did how we said Bundy was borderline genius with his IQ level. And I feel like in this case, I feel like he fits that profile. Mm -hmm. Granted, he didn't go nearly as dark as Bundy did, but 
there's mentally, parallels there's there. parallels. Yeah. But yeah. in a way, this almost more so parallels almost like a Hitler-esque type thing, where it's like he's not committing the 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 well, I guess he did do the bombings. He did bomb, yeah. But I mean like the f- say the salamander letter went through. You're breaking the foundation of this gigantic religion. Mm-hmm. People you never know what people are going to do in that state. Like mm-hmm. everything that they've believed is now a lie. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate to admit this, but when we were watching the episode and it started talking about the white salamander, Jenny and I started sitting there trying to still justify it. Like as if it were true. Cause by this time in the series, it didn't well, the say fir- it the was the first episode definitely makes the church look bad. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Before it comes out and says that it was all forgery and everything, it's starting to set it up that it's, these are legit documents. And I'm just sitting back going, no, Which, no. Yeah, I mean, and then, and then it's like, okay, if this is true, then what could be the explanation so here? Like, here's I, the hard part about it, too. Um, I was reading up on this, and I found this very interesting. And being a member of the church would be so hard to hear because it was actually uh, given by um, Dallin H. Oaks, who was an apostle of the church. Um, and it'd be so hard to hear this, and then all of a sudden you find out it's false, and it's like, well, wait a minute. He said this and this. So Dallin H. Oaks actually said... Um, to Mormon educators that the words white salamander could be reconciled with Smith's original or with Smith's angel Moroni because in the 1820s the word salamander might also refer to a mythical being thought to be able to live in fire and a being that is able to live in fire is a good approximation of the description Joseph Smith gave of the angel Moroni. So right then and there you've got Dallin H. Oaks who is trying to interpret Mm-hmm. This, to his best knowledge, of still being Angel Moroni, who Angel Moroni was the original, you know, the angel who came and showed Joseph Smith the plates. Mm-hmm. So now he's trying to interpret this white salamander letter. Wow. So you got people who are hearing this, and then it comes out it's false, and it's like, well, wait a minute, you tried interpreting it like you guys even believed it. Now you're saying it's false. What is going on? Uh, yeah, and yeah. so that that's wait, the, hang on, a salamander can live in fire. I, I a white salamander, a yeah, mythical, mythical. Oh. mythical, very mythical. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you throw mythical in front of anything, it can definitely <laughs> stand <laughs> <by>. <laughs> it happen somehow. That, that explains Frozen too. But <laughs> right, the but, little fire god is a salamander. Even uh, even why I was Sorry. watching this too. <laughs> um, I got the same feeling too. Listening over it, I'm like, holy crap! Like, because I thought the the salamander papers was, I didn't know at the time that it had actually been brought back as false, but the whole time I was watching, I kind of had the, the opposite feeling. I was like, no, this can't be true. Like none of this makes sense. Like I myself, like I just didn't, I was like, no, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. So if I was at that time, I probably, I don't know. I would probably say that. I'd probably say, I don't believe it. And if the church says, well, this is what we're doing. I'd be like, Wait, no, this is no, I don't believe it. That's where I would struggle because it's, I would have a hard time struggling with the fact that this is what I believe. This is what I prayed about. This is what I know to be true. Now you're telling me it's not, I don't believe it. Like I still believe this portion. Like, Mm. I don't know. Now, I mean, what, what if it was true? Like what? It would be detrimental. Like, Hole. just to be like silly Devil's conspiracy. Well, I mean, yeah. Like, Devil's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you, for you, a worse ah. term, it's like, Devil's but what, what if, what if there's a bigger conspiracy? 
what if Mark Hoffman really is dead? And they found a duplicate and paid him <laughs> off. And now he's you know, <laughs> like, what if? You know what I mean? I'm just like. We'll find out when we die, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's it, it's definitely a, a trial of faith, like all of was, it was. I was about to say the same thing. That's that's the one biggest thing about the Mormon church, the LDS church, is our center of you know reflection is faith. Mm-hmm. And it's all I think a that's matter. any religion. Yeah, yes. I mean, all I religion mean, yes. is faith-based. Yeah. But, uh, you know, with us, it's it's you have to have faith that... What you're being taught is true. You have to have faith that what you've prayed about is true. Mm-hmm. And the feelings you've the gotten, feelings the, that the you prayers felt that have been and, answered in your own life. And so, and that's that's the hard part. And that's why I think at the time, you know, with the Salamander letters, the church was so off-putting and it, not necessarily to be secretive about it, but off-putting is the fact that they were even like, this can't be true, but we don't we don't want to put it public. Then finally they were like, great. Let's put it out. Well, let's test it. I mean, the, and this goes for any religion, right? No, I'm not just singling out LDS, but like the pure fact that they were looking to pay 3 million under the table. Well, that's the thing is they weren't. They weren't. That was false. That was 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 false. false. That was, so the church was was never going to pay for any of it. No. That was Mark trying to get those other buyers to get in on uh, it. Has that been confirmed though? That they or they just it, came I out mean, with a public statement saying been, we weren't. It's going been to. confirmed by the church that okay. they 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 never were had the any They were told that it was going to be donated. Okay. So basically, you have all these different parties having been told completely different things. Stories. And I think where it came from is I think you had Steve Christensen who was an affiliate with. The apostles in the and church. He was, he, was he an I, attorney? Yes, he was like a business attorney or business something. Attorney like that. So something. He had I think he was willing to pay for it again, and then was going to donate from there. And I think that's where everything got misconstrued, and uh, misconstrued. Yeah. And um, basically, the church. Yeah, they came out and they said, "No, we had no intentions of buying anything." You know, because it did. It looked bad. Like it looks like, like you said, hey, here's mm-hmm. three million dollars. We're just gonna my buy man this off Gordon you, B, and we're gonna put it underneath the table, <laughs> and we're gonna pretend none of this ever happened. I mean, but to be a conspiracist, right? You, w- what do we know? Like, not know that's going on in certain religions? It's like oh, for in, sure in everything. Well, and like, like, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I feel like the LDS religion. It's, it's fairly. It's we're very it's new in the sense of. Like, as we're taught, the actual history of the church, it's not new. As Cam already went over mm-hmm. at the beginning of this, it's a restored gospel. But in the eyes of people on the outside looking in, it looks brand it's new. new. It's, it's only young. 200 years old. And so... Well, and I mean, even after all this time, you have people who still claim that we're not even Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's that's the controversy. Like, people are like, oh, you're Mormon. You're not Christian. It's like, it's like well, you worship Mormon. Well, I, it's no, like, I, no we... I believe in Christ. This is Christ church. Yes. I am a Christian. <laughs> and it's hard as well, too, because the Mormon church, you know, the LDS church is not necessarily a secretive religion, but at the same time, we do hold things very near and dear sacred. to... Sacred. Sacred. Yeah, sacred. Mm-hmm. There we go. We hold a lot of things sacred to our hearts and to our our religion. And it's not to be talked about in an open public. And same thing, too. There's a lot of sacred documents that the church does have. Mm-hmm. That they actually, you know, there's a... there's The a, church has, an, has a, basically a hollowed out mountain. They do. Full in, of documents. In, is it in Sardine Canyon? Yeah, or, uh, I think so. It's here in it, Utah. In Little, little Cottonwood. Cottonwood. That's it. Yeah, it's in Little Cottonwood. They basically the have a hollowed out mountain. It's a vault. 
full of all these documents that the and church it's, owns. It's and primary reason is to protect them. Yes, it's yeah. to preserve them and protect them. A lot of people are very frustrated with the church because they won't release these documents. They think the church is hiding something. And in fact, it's just very sacred documents to the religion. And they're trying to pervert, pres- preserve the sacredness of these documents well, it's as like, well. When you think of just historical documents in general, like they say that uh, some of the ones they display in museums aren't even the real ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you look, you look at the Mona Lisa in the Louvre, and they switch it out with fakes all the time. You at, never actually know when the real one is on display. Right. And or so, if it ever is on display. Mm-hmm. And so that's just it. It's it's not it's not a secret. It's preserving that mm-hmm. history. And yeah. so at the same time though, it is kind of weird that it's not public. I don't know. It, no, well, it as is. an outsider looking it, like, no, I, I mean, I like even being saying. on the inside, I've I've looked at it and gone, why why can't we see some of this stuff? And, like why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's hard because honestly, at the end of the day, the only answer to all these questions is do you have faith and believe the church is true or do you not? Yep. Yeah. Like And if you, you do you, believe it, then it none of this else. It matters, but it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I've always it's said it's all little tidbits. And I mean, the looking life. looking at the big scheme of things, I believe in God. I believe in His Son Jesus Christ. I believe that my purpose on Earth is to gain experience, to gain a, a body, and to return to God one day and to receive salvation. That's the big picture. So me, there's there's things on Earth that I don't think are necessary for me to know to achieve that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, But the whole premise of the church is if you believe the church is true, you believe that Christ restored his church on earth, which means he has continued to call prophets as he did in the Bible days. You know, all the Bible is written by prophets, people called of God who spoke with God, who preached of God. We believe that that continues today. And that's why the president of the church is the prophet of the church. He communicates with God. He gives us direction for modern times. So, that's in that belief. We believe that we're consistently still receiving revelation from God as to how we need to be to, to achieve salvation with him again. And so even though, you know, the prophet's still a man at the end of the day, he's still mortal. Yes. And and we see it in the Bible. We see it in the book of Mormon. They say, if there are mistakes in these texts, if there are mistakes in these teachings, it is the mortal part of me that is failing, not God. You know, with that, um, it said that in the thing too. It's like at one point you've got the president of the church and his counselors looking at these documents. And it's like, if they are prophets, seers and revelators, how come they didn't get revelation that these documents were fake? And that's it right there. It's like heavenly father still gave us the, um, right to choose. It's still that. a big test. Yes. Which- <clears throat> and so even though these guys are, Basically, I would say at the highest point of our religion that you can be, even they can still make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And s- Which brings up Hoffman's other thing that he wanted to do. He wanted to try to rewrite the 117 lost pages. 16, 16 sorry. Thank you. 116 lost pages of um, the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing. These pages were actually lost. They were transcribed by Joseph Smith and Martin Harris. Yep. And Martin Harris wanted to show them to somebody. To go to go full circle, just so I'm, I'm following along with everyone else. The 116 pages 
are what was known as the McLellan pages? No, 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 no. no, no, no. These no, were separate. These were separate pages that um, they're actually known to be called the Book of Lehi in the Book of Mormon. So it starts off the Book of Nephi, mm-hmm. goes off in these other and, prophets. And Lehi is Nephi's dad, yes. his father. And so there's these 116 pages that are believed to be transcribing of Lehi's time and journeys. And it's basically the book of Lehi. His, and essentially his, his point of view. Yes. Because his son was writing at the same time. Yes. And so it's their different points of view. Well, they, Joseph Smith translated it. Martin Harris writes it down for him. Martin Harris is getting hounded by his wife, hounded yeah. by friends. Wants to see Like, him. we want to see this. Show us. Show us. Like, everyone know, like, people in the community know about this. And they're like, prove it. We want to see it. Mm-hmm. So Martin Harris goes to Joseph Smith and he's like, hey, can I take these pages and just show my family? And that's it. Joseph Smith goes to God. He prays. God says, no, no, you can't take those. Just continue with your work. Tells Martin Harris. Martin Harris is like, please, please just ask him again. Joseph Smith goes back, asks. God's like, no, no, just continue with your work. Don't ask me again. Goes back to Martin Harris. Martin Harris is like, come on, I'm begging you. Joseph Smith goes back. And at this point, God's like, fine. Like, let him, let him take him and, you know, show, show his wife. He takes the 116 pages and somehow in the time he takes them, shows his family and whatnot, he loses them. All, all of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, God's real mad at Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> he chastises him and like gets mad at him for being disobedient. And basically it was a whole lesson. But uh, like one of the miracles that we believe in our church is that Nephi knew. So 600 BC, Nephi knew that he needed to write the same exact things his father was writing, but he didn't know why he was told. God was like, I need you to write these things too. And he had no idea why. And he puts that in the book of Mormon. Well, come to find out the 116 pages are lost. Those teachings are still preserved because Nephi wrote about them also. So God knew in his infinite wisdom that this was going to happen. These Mm -hmm. documents would be lost. It would fall into the hands of bad people who want to destroy the church, who would alter them hoping that Joseph would retranslate them and they'd be like, well, look at this. They're different. Why are they not the same? And so for Mark Hoffman to come up with the 116 pages, like that would be like the Holy grail of the (laughs) LDS church. Like, Like, look what I found. Yeah. And that would just mess things up. Yeah. And that, and that even goes to serve purpose as, as people are questioning, you know, the prophet, like you're a seer and river layer, like, why did you not see this coming? And it just goes down to the fact that we're mere mortals. And some of the times we have to learn our own lessons. And even, we, even the guys have, on top, we have to, to make tested. our own decisions and we have to be tested in our own way. And that's, you know, that's my way of looking at this going, why did they not see this? They should have known it's, well, they had to be tested as well. Mm-hmm. And, and again, at the end of the day, it's, it's not the men that we go to, to get confirmation of the church's truth. Even whenever the prophet comes out with any revelation, something that's new, something that changes in our church, it's on us as members to pray about it. It's to go to God himself and ask and, and to receive those impressions and that revelation that things are true. Um, And so honestly, I see, I see things like this as a big test on the members of the church to truly see how faithful they are. Cause that's something that we constantly undergo is tests of faith to see if we're still faithful to the mm-hmm. church. And I think that's in any church, really mm-hmm. any religion, any, <laughs> yeah. anything you think about. Well, God in general, like he, yeah. the whole, 
we again, we believe the whole reason we're here is to be tested, mm-hmm. to show that we believe in him, even though we can't see him. I've always teased that arguing about religion or anything like that has to be this the dumbest argument out there because they're because in the end, it's all faith. And at the end, when you die, if you're right and there is a heaven and hell or whatever it may be. You're not going to be like, ha, told you. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. No, I will definitely be that guy. I knew yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I believe it was the Mormons. Yes, the Mormons was the correct answer. Uh, but, oh, man, at the end of the day, wild. The dude was wild. Like, to have that crazy skill. Again, like... I feel similarities. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Does the power of Christ compel you? <laughs> yeah, I'm scared the crap out of me. No. Oh, okay, Ooh. the way you acted, I was like... Hurry, somebody, get out of him. Get out of him. Sorry. <laughs> I need an old priest and a young priest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, but again, I, I think there's just some weird similarities between like him and like serial killers and, and people like that. I really they think have he some had that. Consistencies. I mean, luckily, he used his craziness, if you want to call it that, towards forgery and not towards killing people. I mean, he other killed than the end, <laughs> yeah, until Till the end. Two. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. how crazy, like, how different would today be if those letters actually stayed? Like, that'd be so crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. It's wild. It like, is wild. It's frustrating too. I mean, on the non-religious side of it, I want to see old historical documents come up and oh, yeah. come into the spotlight. Like that'd be so cool. Well, I mean, you, like think of this. I've, I've always wanted to see some of this. So, you know, we believe in the 12 tribes of Israel, which, mm. and that's not even just a, a Mormon thing. That's, that's something that a lot of religions believe in. There were 12 tribes of Israel during the time of Abraham and all that stuff. Well, we believe that each tribe had to have kept a record. So essentially the Bible is a record of uh, Judah and, and, you know, that, that tribal line basically. And then we believe the book of Mormon is another record um, of Joseph's jo- like ancient Joseph's line, not uh-huh. Joseph Smith, ancient Joseph. Yes. But, colored uh, coat, colored coat, Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to think that, that I potentially know means I know things. <laughs> Chris contributed everybody. I've been quiet this whole time because I'm learning things. This Love has it. been educational for us too. Uh, but, uh, I'm learning. But I mean, that's something I've always wanted to see in my time is just more like documents of ancient civilizations mm-hmm. come out that uh, essentially just do the same thing in preaching that. God or Christ is the ultimate redeemer of all humanity. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, I did find it extremely odd as I was watching the special that like, it was just him that was stumbling across these things. I'm right. Like, right. So Consistently. Oh, look oh. what I found. Oh, look guys, like, look how oh, lucky I am. Oh, <laughs> one thing that we forgot to delve into, and it's just to add to his genius was a lot like the burying of the penny, the coins, the date night before. He also planted that salamander letter oh, in between right. the for two. For his wife to find. For his wife yeah, to yeah. find. Like he preemptively thought of the entire timeline on how things would go and play out yeah, well right. before it would go. Mm-hmm. Like that's how genius this guy was. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he made the letter, or manipulative. Put, it, put it in between the paper 
glued it slightly, just enough so it was sticky, and then placed that Bible on the kitchen table. Look what I found, honey. Take a look. Yeah, yeah. look what I bought. Go ahead and scroll to page three hundred and seventy. That's an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then he and then he obviously acted like it was new information. <gasps> yeah. What? Had, had the guy come out, take photographs. Mm-hmm. Like was very. Like to him, that was truth at that point. Like, and he was such a goober, though. Can we talk about that? Yeah, (laughs) like he was such a goober with an Uzi. Yes, (laughs) but with an Uzi, he had the derpy looking frames, and like his voice was so weird when when it first played. I always thought it was a woman. Me too. That's what I was about to say when it first played his interview that it was just audio from the prison. I thought it was a woman. And I was like, okay, when does the woman this? come into this? I thought it was Mark. Like, yes. <laughs> No, same. He was just such a weird dude. But I mean, also thinking about like his poor wife. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. she, she was in the, the videos and she uh-huh. did some interviews, but like you never really, she's also a big ditz. She I was, mean, think yeah. about it, dude, to not, to have a room in your house that you're not allowed to go into like very beauty and the beast esque. It's like, <laughs> well, eh, don't go I, I think this also just shows 1980, you know, five for what it is. The 1980s yeah. in general. Well, and I mean, nowadays, yeah, most women are going to be like, you have a room for what? So that's what <laughs> I'm, I'm going to where I'm, what's in this room. I'm going through you know? everything. You stay out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Not only so the so it's 1980 in Utah, very naive. Yeah, very. You know, and I mean, I mean, I love the church. I'm I'm active. I'm a big part of it. But man, the Mormons they put on that show were very goofy. There was they were just kind of like goobers too. I feel like they, they put the ones on that the world sees. They did. They for sure tried to find the gooberiest. It's not. It's not like from that. The 80s. But no, like, I was gonna say if this guy's is, is as if he is as convincing in person as his forgeries are, he could literally convince you about anything. Yeah. And so to be his wife, I mean, he, who knows what lies he Very was telling her. He could exactly. be. Yeah, he manipulated her. And like, I mean, he played the perfect husband. Like the you, all the videos you see of him with his kids, you're like, oh, what a great relationship he has. He plays with them. He's on the ground with them. You know, piggybacks, whatever. Like. Well, but he, he also lived a double life. I mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah. but uh, it's something we didn't touch on was his party life where he would go yeah, and travel yeah. and, and he drink. would drink and oh, party that's right. and, that's right. crazy. and spend all this money and then come back and pretend like he would sober up immediately, though. He would go and puke it all up. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he? So he claimed it was his first he time could, drinking he, or and whatever. He and, get drunk. and he was like, yeah, and I, I can't get drunk. And he drank shot after shot after shot. And he was and they had him like walk around the table and do all the stuff and he did it no problem and then he went up to the room and puked it all out mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm as sober as a bird like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, Damn. but I mean it just again it goes to show like you you never truly know with people and sadly. can we be, before we end this can we just talk about the one guy in the interview after the car explodes and they go and interview this guy. I know it's good. And he's just like, well, yeah, me being Mormon, oh and I know he's gosh. Mormon, I decided to give him a blessing. Which, by the way, just because he was Mormon doesn't mean that's why he got the blessing. If you're not LDS, 
we can still come yes. up and give you a blessing. Yes. But he made it sound like and because I, he was Mormon, he got the blessing. And I went up to him and I laid my hands upon his head and I said, I command you to live. And even the reporter was like, you did what? <laughs> and she's you like, I command you to oh, live. God. And she goes, you commanded it? And he and he pulled out, he said he pulled out his anointing oil. Didn't yeah. He? Yes. yeah. He's like, that, is that, that is a real thing. That is a real thing for the church to this yeah. day. I mean, it's a real thing. I got we'll it, use I got for it the, sitting behind my Christ statue. Yes. Um, it sounds funny the way I say it now, but it's a really cool statue. And the funny, the, what really bothered me about it mostly was number one, he portrayed it. To believe that the only reason he could pull out the anointing oil and put it on him is because he was LDS himself. Again, they find the weirdest ones. And it's like, In. no, not it's not just LDS to LDS. It's just, it, this yeah. is what we believe. Number two, it was the fact that he's like, I commanded him to live. Jesus was talking inside me and he said, I command you to live. And I'm like, oh man, like. Why'd you pick this guy? Wow. Oh. <laughs> Bl- blessings can be that powerful. They can be that powerful. They can but, be. Oh, yeah. But it's true. The way but they this... made it just look so goofy. <laughs> yes. Another thing I just have to throw out there since we're on the topic of Mormons. We don't believe in polygamy. No. Nope. Happened a long time ago. No. We weren't it's involved. Wor- it's over. Utah doesn't do that. Part of Utah does. We don't <laughs> talk about that. they're not them. associated. <laughs> <laughs> they don't finish their houses for taxing purposes. <laughs> Go watch Sister Wives if you want to know about that. I've been there. Hildell. It's a weird place. Even though Sister Wives is not associated with them either. They're in Arizona. Now. No, they're in Nevada. Nevada. You're right. They're Nevada. everywhere. The <laughs> wall. I mean, come on. Nevada. Well, I, I, this whole topic was very unique for our, our podcast here. It, before we even yes. started podcasting, we came to an accumulative agreement that we would not bring <laughs> religion, religion or politics <laughs> and, into this. And we do apologize if this was super religious. It, this I mean, is who we are and this is yeah, it's a part our background. Of so you're getting to know us. Um, and, I feel like we, I felt you, like we tried not to keep it as really religious as it could yeah, be. Yeah, and I, I think that's very interesting for those that are not. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this, and I think your guys' perspectives on it really brought a lot to the table. Um, so, yeah, I, that's why I wanted to have this conversation, and I'm really happy that Cam led it because he did way better than I would have been you. able to. So, uh, <laughs> Even though I forgetting names. <laughs> It's all right. Stupid names. That's fine. <laughs> names are tough. I was even having a hard time when I was watching. I'm like, okay, who? Wait, wait which guy is who? Yeah, because well, it's was hard. all over the place. A lot of the Hoff time. Hoff Markman, who's that? But <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're interviewing like ha- like 12 dozen people, and it just shows their name real quick on the side. It, felt like, it felt like Game of Thrones. Like, no, you're just for like, real. Okay, it who's did. going where? We got a Tyrion. We got a Tywin. We got a... A, a banister. What is this? The guy <laughs> with like the beaker voice kept wanting to yeah. put me sleep though. I, well, could, I can. He actually made me very sad because he was. He got put through the ringer. He, yeah. he was, just he so was Mark Hoffman's best friend. Did yeah. he go to jail? He was so excited. Well, he went he to jail held. because he he had an Uzi, which was an illegal gun. He had the Uzi. He had the anarchist cookbook. Yes. It's one of those situations where it's just. Everything is stacked against you in the wrong way at yes. the wrong time. And that's what he said. And it's he not said, even bad. He said, <laughs> I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's kind of like the Zach of the group. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing true. with that. Oh, true. But, but no, he, he made me legit really sad because he, he believed in everything Mark Hoffman had to yeah. say. Yeah. And he was 100% behind him and he got fooled so bad. He got fooled and the then, worst out of everyone. And what yeah. made me really sad too is how I started off and they asked him like, 
can you say he's a genius? And he said, can I ask you a question? Like, don't please, ask me that. Please don't ask me that. Oh, he yeah. go, and he was just like, because how do I answer that without putting him on a pedestal? Well he, yeah, well, he said he was, don't ask me. He was fantastic. Yes. And he said he fooled a lot of people, including myself. And I felt like I was one of the. Well, and, and think about it, like to make it to make the impression on us. Think about like if if Tony came out and was straight up murdering people. Yeah, you jerk. But like, no, like all of our experiences. You just call him out. Exactly. No, yeah. we would sit here and go like, no, no, shut up. <laughs> no, it's no, true. It'd be 100 percent heartbreaking. I'm not going to lie. Like it would go but against everything we know and understand. didn't you guys come out and say in previous understand. episodes, I'm the one the more likely to do I, it? Yeah, I mean, but I don't know you'd actually do it. But I'd be, like, I'd be the guy who'd be like, I could see it. <laughs> Wait, he, how, how'd the guy die? I saw oh, the yeah. snap. I saw oh, the snap yeah, happen one day. I saw it. I could see it. <laughs> I, I saw the hatred in his eyes. Oh my goodness. Somebody but, on the Instagram said something that I'm kind of shifty. Yes, yeah, so, I remember that. It's true. I remember it's that. It's true. Um, but thank you guys for hanging out with us through this this fun little adventure down uh, something that happened in our own backyard. Yes, yeah. um, a lot of was, weird stuff happens here in Utah. It does. Like Shockingly. Utah, Utah is seriously one of the most cookie cutter places in the U.S. But like weird things happen occasionally. Yeah, I feel like we kind of fly under the radar, but when you really dive into it, we actually have quite a bit mm-hmm. going. We got on. a lot of good history behind us. Right on. It's a dope place. But thanks for joining us. Please, if you have any comments, if you have any questions, leave them down below. Yes. You know, yes. Hit us up on the Instagram. We'll, we'd love to, to talk to you guys. We actually had a little, little uh, Q&A not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Well, when this posts, it was actually like a month ago. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being yeah. part of this crowd, everybody. We love you. Also, you... also I was going to say, if, <laughs> if uh, you listen to us on any podcast program, Throw a rating on there. Yes. Apple Podcasts, anything like that. But only if it's five stars. Yeah. (laughs) And if you made it this far, freaking hit that subscribe button. Please. We love you. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for being part of this crowd. Adios. Which means go with God. I mean, to God. (laughs)